Hello and welcome to the OnFifth podcast. My name is Lewis McClellan. I'm the editor of the Digital Monetary Institute here at OnFifth. And today we're going to be discussing uh, cloud and cybersecurity, an extremely exciting topic, very dynamic area, a lot of developments going on in that. And we've got a, a real expert uh, on hand to, to discuss it with us. Uh, so I'd like to introduce uh, Nataraj Nagaratnam, the CTO for Cloud Security at IBM. Nataraj, it's great to have you here today. Thank you for joining us. Um, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your experience of uh, your background and your experience with cloud security. Absolutely. Firstly, thanks for the opportunity, Lewis. Uh, good to talk to you and it's a privilege to be here. Yeah, I mean, um, as a career IBMer with 25, nearly 25 years of experience in working in security, it's been my pleasure. What excites me is working with clients. And as IBM, we always work with uh, large enterprises, including financial institutions. So I've been through the era of web to cloud. So as a chief security architect for WebSphere in those days, rolling up my sleeve, solving how people can adopt web. Now, how they digitally transfer as they go to go through a digital transformation, uh, working with numerous clients and enterprises, and especially in financial services. Uh, the work that we have been doing over the last uh, many years and uh, bringing an industry cloud uh, and really helping clients uh, mitigate risk as they adopt cloud to innovate uh, faster. Thank you. So I'd like to start off with a question. It seems from the outside that cyber attacks are becoming more and more common, but I'm wondering if that's actually true or if it's just that we're becoming more aware of, of the threat. So uh, is the is the threat actually growing? Actually, it's both. Uh, it's a good question. Um, you, your statement is accurate. On one side, if you look at IBM's uh, cost of data breach report from uh, IBM Security Experts, um, what we found was it's uh, the cost of a data breach globally has reached a all-time high of, I think, around $4.35 million U.S. dollars um, in 2022 on one side. And then when among all the organizations that we had interviewed and surveyed, 17% of them last year uh, had a data breach for the first time. And the rest of them had more, right? So, yes, it is increasing. That's accurate. On the other side, are we um, hearing about it more? That's also true because um, in terms of disclosure requirements, right, from a regulatory compliance perspective, when an incident happened, they're required to disclose within a certain period of time. So therefore, the public disclosure of these incidents are becoming more. Therefore, the awareness increases. And uh, of course, access to data is a hop away <laughs> in an interconnected system. Therefore, there is more of these attacks and threats uh, on, uh, that's happening out there. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. So talking to uh, people, particularly uh, in the central banking community, there is difference of opinions. There's a, a broad variety of opinions about the degree to which cloud providers, you know, migrating to the cloud offers an improvement in, in cybersecurity. You know, some people are still of the belief that, you know, a single tenant architecture, air gapped or whatever, uh, is, is a more secure uh, system than, than cloud. But can you talk a little bit about weighing those choices up? Yeah. Um, from, from IBM perspective and what we have observed, and what we led, when we say cloud, it's not just public cloud. Ultimately, it's a hybrid cloud deployment model um, because it comes down to workload placement. Where do you put your front office application? Where do you do mid office, like loan processing or uh, wealth management, all the way to core banking that may be in the back office, right? 
So when we look at holistically, we are in this next phase of cloud adoption when it comes to digital transformation. Um, what we have observed through a study with large set of financial institutions is less than 5% of the mid-office and back-office workloads have actually moved to cloud. There are two fundamental reasons around it. One is the complexity. It's not just moving an app. It's about the business process that's involved, the complexity of integration with data, right? That's one set. The other is absolutely security and compliance. So um, to your point, to your question there, yes, uh, as uh, as these uh, uh, inhibitions in terms of what it means to adopt cloud, our approach is we need to think about it as a workload placement and data sensitivity discussion. So that you can say what goes to a public cloud, what goes um, on a private cloud, as well as how do you kind of control this uh, in a way that you have the financial institutions have full control of the data and workload. So this is why we co-created this industry cloud with a large set of banks uh, and financial institutions called IBM Cloud for Financial Services. That way we bring uh, and help them mitigate the risk um, and help them make the decision across hybrid. Thank you. Okay, so that, that's an interesting point. About the, the, I guess the variety of different uh, types of cloud solution. Can you talk a little bit about uh, specifically uh, the way that you know so either you know different conceptions of these solutions offer more security against cyber threats? Yeah, it, it does, right? So when we look at it, <clears throat> we, we always started when we started the cloud journey as a shared responsibility model. Uh, where the infrastructure providers have the responsibility below the line and the customers uh, and the enterprises and financial institutions, so to say, their responsibility is above the line. But more and more, when you look at this spectrum of regulations, the regulators are holding financial services accountable for that matter, any enterprises. They are accountable independent of what they procure or run on, right? Third party or fourth party services or cloud providers. So from that perspective, um, the model in which we work with clients is to help them adopt in a way that they can be confident that they are secure, they are mitigating their risk. So we are not just looking at customers moving their data. We work with an ecosystem mm-hmm. because to accelerate, we are seeing, for example, fintechs of new ways that we do payments for it, for, right? That is, is exploding uh, in terms of how you do that, or mortgage processing and loans and so on and so forth. The fintechs are becoming a key part of the ecosystem. So we look at it and say, for banks to accelerate, it's just not their workloads. How do we also bring along the ISV, the third-party ecosystem, so that we are all in this together to address the needs so that they can accelerate the innovation while we can help them with security and compliance? Right. Yeah, I see what you mean. Um, uh, Yeah, I mean, as... I guess an increasing proportion of, I guess, particularly the financial infrastructure is now hosted within the cloud. Um, can you talk a little bit about regulatory oversight of the security standards? Obviously, regulators care a lot that, that the data involved in financial services is stored securely and encrypted in a secure fashion. And uh, it's obviously financially damaging if uh, the servers go down and, you know, the financial markets are, are damaged as a result of that. Can you talk a little bit about how regulators are interacting with uh, with this problem? Yeah. So we actually have a council uh, of uh, financial service institution. Now it has grown to around 130 plus members um, from 70 70, uh, firms across the globe, as well as working with regulators 
in various geos, right? So that we bring the firm, the financial institutions, the regulators, and the ISVs together and observe what is happening in various things. So to your point, absolutely, the regulatory oversight is increasing. And what we have observed is the um, there are certain sets of themes, regulatory themes that is emerging here. Uh, for instance, uh, resiliency. You talked about it in terms of outage, uptime, so resilience. Another is a significant focus is third and fourth party risk. Because when you think of a supply chain, when you think about third party fintechs or SaaS providers, if firms need to be accountable, then they need to understand the risk that these third and fourth parties bring in. Another is as mundane as cloud misconfiguration, right? You don't need a sophisticated attacker out there. All, all you need is a misconfigured object store bucket in the internet holding sensitive data. Um, the other things include concentration risk uh, because of this outage and others that they see. They want to make sure, given it's a critical infrastructure, that you have enough resilience built in so that you have an exit strategy or a concentration risk when you look at a hybrid multi-cloud approach. Um, which in turn leads to things like multi-cloud strategy and governance. So there are a few of these themes and including what you mentioned as data, right? Data backups and how do you uh, stay resilient? So there's resiliency and security and compliance. When you look at it holistically, are core themes when it comes to critical infrastructure and critical workload, especially in the financial services uh, space. That's fantastic. So one of the things that uh, potential users of, of cloud have been talking to me about is that um, many of them are finding, you know, they might be more comfortable with on-premises solutions, but they're discovering that a lot of the services that they want to use are only really provided in the cloud. So they're aware that at least some degree of, of cloud migration to the sort of hybrid model you're talking about is becoming an inevitability. And as they uh as they start to do that, I guess what I'm wondering is what what the what are the changes they need to make to sort of prepare themselves, make sure their systems are are ready and, and designed appropriately to take advantage of, of that kind of migration. Uh, excellent question. Uh when you look at customers I'll, I'll quote a customer um, for example, they've been working with uh, around 50 fintechs to accelerate their business uh, over the last three to five years. And guess how many have moved to production? <laughs> Zero. Because of the security and compliance uh, considerations, right? So it takes anywhere between 18 to 24 months for, a, for an ISV or a fintech to work with a for a bank. And similarly with a bank to finally go through their security assessment. That's a long time. So what we, what uh, the key consideration that we would recommend financial services look at, and that's why they are working with us, is first standardization of this controls framework that in, that um, addresses the risk of FIs uh, globally, and that meets their regulatory requirements. So when you look at that as cloud, IBM Cloud framework for financial services, that is industry-based, industry-informed, like based on this, that's one part of it. Then the other part of it is, how do you then achieve it continuously? So what are the controls? How do you implement it? Are you validate? Are you assessing them continuously? Um, become part of it. So we build technologies like IBM Cloud Security and Compliance Center that they can actually achieve, define, implement, and assess. The other part of the puzzle is, well, we, we can do all we want as a cloud provider and a customer, they can build their workloads. But when you look at the ecosystem of ISVs, how do we bring them along? 
So we have been expanding and working with a sort of IA, really, large set of ISVs uh, where they can be, think about it as they get badged, that they are FS validated. They meet these controls. And what has taken 18 to 24 months for these ISVs is, shrink, is significantly reducing in time so that banks like BNP Paribas or Kaisha Bank and others who work with us, they use this as a mechanism to get other ISVs onboarded so that they all meet the same level of controls and risk um, from a financial services firm perspective. So I would say financial services definitely should consider the way they think about their controls framework that factor in risk and compliance and to consider IBM Cloud framework for financial services in that regard. How do they achieve it continuously with technologies, including IBM Cloud Security and Compliance Center? And think about how this can be used uh, to accelerate their innovation with ISVs and fintechs so that they bring value while they also meet the same level of scrutiny in terms of security and compliance. Okay, right. Yeah, that 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 all makes sense. Um, what about, I mean, are there any specific considerations for financial institutions or do they work more, more or less the same as, as any other type? No, it's absolutely specific to uh, financial institutions as well. Let me put it this way. When you look at risk, you know this, you have been in this industry for a long time. When you think about risk, the the risk appetite for financial institution is um, is much less, right? Uh, they are more risk averse, if I, right? So from that perspective, the stringent security and controls and especially regulatory insights and regulatory compliance becomes really critical. You don't want to be getting MRAs, matters requiring attention when it, from auditors and regulators um, or uh, having your business not to issue credit cards for a six month period of time because your data left a country. I mean, we have seen these reports and uh, rulings out there. So what we have done is we have met the highest level of security standards working with the financial institutions, but this framework can be applicable and our customers from insurance or healthcare and others are applying. But specific to talking about financial institutions, it is not only about the standards, it's also about regulators. It's also about the geos because you have industry standards, geo-specific regulations. How do we marry them together? And the the kind of the value is in having this controls framework that you can meet consistently, right? Um, and that's what we created. And not only a framework that you read, but it's actually implemented, built into the cloud. So we have spent significant investment in this area from an IBM perspective to build it into our cloud for financial services and taking it further on how we kind of bring along the ecosystem. Yeah, okay, that's uh, that's very interesting. So I wanted to um, bring in that we had a question from the LinkedIn uh, post when, when we announced that you were coming on the podcast. Um, we had a question asking about how you see the future of cloud security and, and cloud resiliency evolving, and if there's any uh, particular emerging technologies or trends that uh, the the OnFit community should be should be aware of. Um, that's a good uh, that's a good question. Thanks for um, the person who posted it. So when you look at there are two sides to the coin when it comes to security and compliance, right? One is about protection, another is about detection response. Um, so when it comes to that, when you think about detection response and staying compliant, the trend is around continuous compliance. Not just give a report every six months, 12 months. Actually, regulators are also asking for, demonstrate to me technically that you have control of these things, right? 
So that aspect of it, what we have done, not only built into IBM Cloud, but the way we are providing uh, the automation and monitoring with IBM Cloud um, Security and Compliance Center, where you can define your controls. You can implement them, automate them, policy as code, and you can assess them continuously. Think about it as day zero, day one, day two. Those kind of uh, things are important. So achieving continuous compliance is one trend that we see, both from regulations perspective, desire from an enterprise perspective, and what we are doing to help them in this journey. And we'll continue to do that. Second is in terms of um, data, right? Data security and privacy. Ultimately, especially when you look at geo, like EA, uh, Europe and others, and increasing focus on data security, privacy, sovereignty, and discussions like that, uh, demonstrable control that the financial institutions have exclusive control of the data and the keys become important. We saw this coming and this will only increase more and more. Um, and that's how we built like innovative technologies, like keep your own key built right from the hardware that so that you can actually achieve the security of a, a private cloud in a public cloud deployment model, right? All the way to what we do with confidential computing or protecting PII where it can be encrypted or tokenized when you put it in. So continuous compliance on one side, increased focus on data security and privacy on the other side, underpinned in a way that more we make it seamless for a developer because developers don't understand. They just want to innovate. They want to build business applications. They don't want to worry about security and compliance. So how do we um, make it frictionless for the developer experience so that they can deploy applications, build applications and modernize while um, the rest of the ecosystem, including cloud providers like IBM can take care of it is uh, where we, we look at. We are also seeing, interestingly, um, Lewis, uh, it's not just a cloud workload. For example, uh, we have a customer uh, in uh, Europe, LBBW. It's a bank there. They have been using Office 365 right, if you think of cloud SaaS-based service, and they want to make sure for scrims to and requirements of that nature, they want to demonstrate that they have full control of the keys. So they use what we offer as a multi-cloud key management. We, we offer what's called unified key orchestrator, where you have a single pane of glass, you can manage your keys on Azure, Amazon, on-prem, wherever. This way, the keys are separated out from where the data is. This gives them more confidence as well as control and demonstrate to their regulators on how they are managing it. So the, we are definitely seeing inc- interesting and emerging use cases in these areas as they adopt AI and cloud workloads uh, in this entire space of data security and privacy as well. So when, when I've been talking to uh, you know potential users of cloud services, one of the things that they talk about a lot is uh, that they want to have some data stored on the cloud, but there's other other data that they uh, feel much more comfortable keeping on premises. So I was wondering if you can talk a little bit about managing uh, cyber threat across the different uh, infrastructures, like uh, what are the unique threats and, and how do you design a system that's kind of secure across both of them? Um, sure thing. Um, so let's take it from a client lens. Uh, let's say you're talking about a lending solution, right? And front office may have things like loan application and disclosures. Mid office applications may have things like underwriting of loan processing and funding. Back office may have loan origination systems or core banking system for that matter that get linked. If you think of this landscape where the applications are placed, 
the complexity to your point, the data right back in the backend system from load origination or core banking system that may be running on mainframes. Traditionally, many of them adopted and that's how uh, they are powered. So how do you um, make this data available when you are modernizing your application, when you are doing loan processing or new ways to do mortgage processing? For example, we work with a, um, a, a tech, uh, tech vendor called uh, uh, Home Lending Pal. They were innovating in cloud, but they want the level of security that they can protect the data. So they, we worked with them and they run on IBM Cloud, taking advantage of the data security capabilities like HyperProtect and Keep Your Own Key and technologies of that sort, where they can assure that the data is in their control and even can move. That way, that's an example of mortgage processing that could move to cloud, achieve the level of private cloud security in public cloud, the level of data security and control. Then in terms of um, other data that maybe you may be um, doing in the front office or when you do the workflow. So when you think about it, going back to your point, we think about it as a hybrid deployment model across hybrid from a public cloud, mid office that could be in a private cloud or on-prem uh, or even on public, like uh, even on uh, private cloud level security in IBM cloud uh, for financial services, all the way to mainframe then the decisions are not necessarily binary to say, do you move to a public cloud or not? This is about a workload placement that brings the best when you think about business process, data integration, so that the right data moves where you need, right? Or where actually the application move closer to the data and you leverage innovation, be it from fintechs or modernization through containers. So from that perspective, we built or IBM Cloud for Financial Services as a hybrid cloud deployment model, integrated all the way to mainframes. And in a way that using our technologies, data security technologies like HyperProtect, our control frameworks and compliance management uh, with IBM Cloud Security and Compliance Center, so that you can actually consistently manage and assess your hybrid deployment model across hybrid multi-cloud with IBM Cloud for Security, IBM Cloud Security and Compliance Center. Um, so um, in short to your question, it is not just, hey, move the data to a public cloud. We much more advocate on workload placement based on business process, based on sensitivity, and we provide a hybrid cloud deployment architecture um, enabled with the innovation that you can bring to, uh, bring to bear from IBM. Fantastic, excellent. All right. Well, it's a really fascinating topic. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, Nataraj. It's been, uh, it's been very educational, a huge topic, and I'm sure we'll be, uh, saying much more on the future. So, uh, thanks. Thanks for coming today. Thank you, Lewis. Thanks for the opportunity. And it's a fantastic time to be helping uh, financial institutions in their, uh, modernization and digital transformation with cloud. Thank you. Great stuff. Hope to speak more on this soon. Thank you so much for listening today. Do make sure to uh, subscribe to our podcast. You can get them on iTunes and Podbean and Spotify uh, and on our website where you can also find details of our reports, publications, upcoming events, uh, particularly take note of the DMI Symposium, which is taking place in May. So do make sure you look that up and check out the rest of our content there as well. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the OnFifth Podcast. 